podcast. I'm Morgan here with Megan. Hi. Did you miss us? Yeah, back from our unplanned hiatus, which, you know, when I told was planning to start this podcast with Megan, I was like, you know what, I can't, at least for the first year of it, if it ever gets to the point where it's too much stress, that it, it makes it unenjoyable, or there's something that comes up that I need to pause, like, I'm just gonna do it. And lo and behold, one of those seasons came up actually for both of us at pretty much the same time. Mm-hmm. So we are, we have missed it, but and glad to be back now. But it was a, just trust us when we say it was a needed break and nothing that we would have produced during that break <laughs> would have been of any level of coherence um, <laughs> or just quality, let's put it that way. Because neither of us were mentally, in a, or in your case, Megan, with oral surgery, physically yeah. able <laughs> to do things. Four wisdom teeth and two baby teeth removed all at once. Guys, you did not want me on a podcast for for that little bit. No. That was not a fun recovery. Also, if you're debating whether or not to get your kids' wisdom teeth removed when they're younger versus letting them do it when they're adults, I think Megan can... Do it when they're younger. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, Megan will tell you, do it when you're younger. Your body can handle it better. you're in your 30s. (laughs) With three kids you have to take care of. Just say no. It's like the worst of mom sickness, like Mm -hmm. on steroids. Anyway. Yes. Yes. But it actually has prompted us to talk about a uh, topic that our kids whine about regularly, but we're going to, spoiler alert, this is really going to be a conversation primarily for parents because we all know why kids need this. But the question is going to be, why do we need to rest? And if we want to make it more Christianese, biblical, why is it good to Sabbath? Take a break each week. Um, I literally just had this conversation yesterday with my toddler about why she needed to take a rest time, even if it wasn't a nap time, at least a time of rest during the middle of the day. So anyone with, especially with young kids who are in that nap stage or who like to fight bedtime, Megan, I know you get some bedtime battles every once in a while, or maybe more than once in a while. (laughs) Yes. Quite familiar with this question. Um... But it's actually, it's not that hard of a question to answer for our kids because we know their bodies need it. But I think it's a question that it's worth thinking about as adults, um, in part because we don't rest enough. I think it's pretty easy to state, not even just from like a national research perspective, which there's plenty of that. But I think anyone listening to this can be like, yeah, no, I get tired a lot, especially if you're in the young, the young to early, like elementary, middle school kids stage, like, you know, you're tired. Like we're all tired. Um, but I think too, it's also important for us to think about it as grownups because it, it helps set a model for how we rest as a family. Um, so the way we're going to kind of go about this discussion is we're going to talk a little bit about the model of rest that we have in scripture, kind of how that carries out in um, kind of our day-to-day lives. And then we're kind of, going to end with a discussion with on how we can kind of better encourage rest in our personal and also family lives like on a things that we might be able to do or things that we know we should do but we aren't currently because that's honestly spoiler alert again that's going to be mostly me of things I know I should be doing to help promote rest in my life but I'm not actually doing so do as I say and not as I do kind of points uh, but things that we can you know, at least for me, I'm verbally committing this to a podcast that I know at least six people listen to. So maybe you guys can hold me accountable and be like, hey, are you thinking about those things that you said you were going to do? Uh, Josh, my Josh, 
yeah, you're one of them. You can you can hold me accountable to some of these. But thinking about things on a cycle of a of a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and then also maybe a yearly basis, um, to the extent that we can. So I wanted to start Megan with talking about like rest in general and Sabbath. And um, I kind of wanted to open the discussion with I recently was listening to this an episode of a podcast called Good Faith. And the guest was Andy Crouch, who he's known a lot for his work on culture and faith, but more recently on technology and faith and culture. And they had this really fascinating conversation. I'm going to link link to it in the show notes because, I mean, you guys, that's worth the price of admission right here. Like, seriously, if you want to stop and go listen to that podcast, I said I would not be, would not blame you. But they had a conversation about rest and Sabbath because Andy is about to go actually on a very long sabbatical for like the rest of the year from basically all work. Um, so that kind of prompted their discussion, but in it, he brought up the point, um, and they had a good discussion on the difference between rest and leisure and how we can kind of confuse one for the other and how that can actually impact what we think is a good Sabbath and make it not actually like a, a time that's restful. And so I'm probably going to like fudge it a little bit, but basically there's a difference between like true rest that revitalizes your body, spirit, soul. And this can, I mean, it's going to be different for, so what's restful for one person might not be restful for another person, but there's things like rest, um, that really rejuvenate you. And then there's things that are leisure where they're fun activities. They might help one part of your body or soul rest. Um, but maybe not the whole thing. Like, his example was binging Netflix where you're like, I'm, you know, having leisure time on the couch. I'm relaxing. I'm not doing anything, but like, do I actually feel rested after a really long session of Netflix? My case recently is uh, playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> far too late into the evening where it's fun and too enjoyable and I've been losing too much sleep over it. So it's clearly leisure, but not restful for me. And so Megan, here's my question for you. What do you think about rest in your family? Actual, true, rejuvenating rest. A, do you actually get that or do we just have moments of leisure where you kind of take fun, pleasurable breaks? Or do you, can you identify moments in your family life or personal life where you're like, oh, that is restful. That's the kind of thing I should be doing more of. Mm-hmm. Definitely the second one. <laughs> um, there are definitely lots of moments that I can think of where I should be doing this or that. Um, as far as the physical downtime, um, all of my kids are out of the nap stage. Well, the consistent nap stage, Mm -hmm. um, the younger two still fall asleep when we're in the car. If we're in the car anywhere between one and three, they'll Mm -hmm. fall asleep for a little bit, but they're out of the consistent nap phase. Um, but I still make them take a rest time in the middle of the day. Um, much like you do with, with Nora. Um, just because they need to just have time where they're just doing something calm, just kind of settling themselves down. Um, so we, we do some of that for more of like a physical rest. Like there's the physical rest where you sleep Mm -hmm. or, you know, don't. Um, (laughs) but then there's the like you were saying, what helps the whole person, the emotional rest, the mental rest. Um, and so for, for us, that's one of the ways, um, especially for Rory, cause Rory gets very amped up 
um, when he and his siblings are playing and he just gets really excited. But he is showing sort of introverted tendencies. Mm -hmm. So as much as he, he's kind of like me, he's a very friendly, outgoing introvert. Mm-hmm. So he likes to play, he likes to talk, he likes to, you know, be social. But I also see that when he's in that too long, he starts to kind of lose it a little bit. And mm-hmm. so he needs to separate, he needs to take some time. And he doesn't realize that that's what he needs. He doesn't realize that, okay, buddy, you are having a hard time controlling Mm-hmm. yourself because you are too stimulated you are too there's too much going on you need some space and so um we will put the three kids in different rooms and I have a bin that I call their rest time bin that they're only allowed to touch during that rest time mm. so that it stays fun it stays interesting there's like for Killian he loves mazes so I have books he, he won't color but he loves books that just have mazes he will just mm-hmm. sit there and do mazes. Um, Rory likes Legos. Um, and so I have a bin with some some Legos in it and some activity books and a couple, like a, um, he's starting to get into Hardy Boys, the mm. like new ones that mm-hmm. have like video games and, and stuff like that in it. So he's been reading some of those, um, just sort of calm activities. A1 has stickers and things like that. It's their, their sort of calm activity bin that encourages them to go to their separate space and do something that is that is calm. And I find that when I'm, I mean, you all know, best laid plans, right? There, there are days when they're like, can we just be with each other? Can we just play quietly? We promise we'll behave. And you, of course, make that really foolish decision to be like, sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then you spend the next hour refereeing you know, he, he pushed me and he took my, he broke my build and da, da, da. you know, so when I'm on, when I'm making the right choices as a parent, <laughs> they are much better in the afternoon. They are refreshed. They are calmer. They are able to function a lot better when I'm really good about making sure they have that rest time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the same for Josh and I, like we, we both are, are introverted um, Josh is more extremely introverted. Um, mm-hmm. when he knows you and he's comfortable with you, like he's very friendly, he's very kind. Um, he loves to teach his three-year-old Sunday school class, but he needs that quiet alone time. Um, he, he's got a limit and when he hits that limit, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I am, I'm introverted and that's how I recharge but I am very friendly. I'm very outgoing. I like to be around people. And I can be out with people a lot longer than Josh can. But once I hit that, I need to be alone as well. When you have three young children, that is incredibly difficult. Because for me, I need to be alone. And I also don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> you know. Anyone with young kids is like, yeah, those are things. two things that are almost impossible to get for exactly. more than like five minutes. Exactly. Because we can't even go to the bathroom by ourselves anymore. Yes. Yes. Although I will tell you guys, Awen just turned four and I am seeing the light at the end of the tunnel there. (laughs) She now will actually wait outside the bathroom door in my bedroom. She'll sit on my bed and wait for me. Like she doesn't actually have to be sitting in the bathtub or like right there next to. She actually, I mean, she has to have the bathroom area in her sight still, but she like there, there is. 
For those of you with really young kids, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm just now finding it, and it is beautiful. Um, but all of that to say that um, that Josh and I both need times to recharge, but we too often do the leisure. The kids have gone to bed. You, you know, I throw on a cooking show, or you know, we play Zelda, or um, Josh picks up his phone, and I'm, you know not supposed to be sending an email, but I'm sending an email. And, you know, we're doing things where our bodies have stopped, but our brains are still going and not on things that are calming and restful. And then you wonder at the end of the night why you feel like, you know, you still feel exhausted and you wake up the next day and you don't feel rested at all. Um, So one thing I started doing um, when our church recently, we did the Acts study where we went through the entire book of Acts, and the challenge was to read one chapter every day. And I, I took that challenge, and every morning when I woke up, before I even let myself open my eyes, I would spend some good, like I would spend my time in prayer. I, for, I was like, no, before I touch my phone, before I do any, before I even open my eyes. Because as soon as I open my eyes, Josh is going to start talking to me and, you know, whatnot. So I, before I even open my eyes, I will just lay there and have my time. And then I will open my eyes. I will read my chapter and reflect. And let me tell you, I felt so, my spirit just felt a lightness by taking that time for me that was restful. To take the time to focus on God and just be still in my heart, in my spirit, I could face the day because physically there was no rest happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I homeschool three kids. I work part-time at DRCC. You know, Josh works from home. My house is a wonderfully, beautifully chaotic circus. And um, there there is no physical rest Mm -hmm. (laughs) happening for for mom um, during the day. But when I found myself like letting my heart rest, my, my soul rest, having that time where I was just still before the Lord, I found that I felt more rested at night if I just pick up a book and read a couple chapters before I go to sleep I feel I sleep better than when I'm watching a movie and then Mm -hmm. turn it off and then try to go to sleep like Mm -hmm. there's just certain things where you just embrace the quiet listen to some music or something where you just embrace that quiet and I find that that helps to be a little more restful so that's sort of the Mm day-to-day what I do and would like to do more of to to find rest um yeah I just got like six ideas from you on that for daily <laughs> thing like the activity bin I really like because that's we're at the point where Nora's gonna have to start she's still very resistant to being by herself in her room for playtime because mm-hmm. she's her father's child and is very <laughs> extroverted mm-hmm. so we're not but like it to her point where if she's not going to be able to rest on the couch or whatever with me then we'll have to figure out a way to do that so that's a that's a good tip for that yeah I found that that really helped they actually were almost excited to go to rest time (laughs) Um, we went to the store and I let them pick some things for their activity bin and so they were very excited about that we went through the activity books and let them each pick a book and um, so yeah I found that that really really helps them want to take that time Mm -hmm. on their Mm -hmm. own Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting because we it, it, basically this the summary of this podcast is Morgan 
says a lot of things that she should do but is not doing <laughs> uh, because I think that's this... insert your name here I think we all do yeah. that <laughs> well I will be exhibit a I guess um because I I actually was just thinking about this in kind of prep for this podcast of like things I should be doing and I and actually one of my goals now that I have made as we're going to be doing some various bedroom shuffling reorganization stuff this summer and and I want to get it my bedroom set up because I have the really bad habit of my phone is like literally next to my pillow because I don't have a very big end table and it's just easier to charge there and I kind of keep it there because out of habit from you, you know long time nursing not that I've nursed anybody for you know like well I guess Zeke only just weaned like six months ago but like from keeping it nearby so that I could you know do a little reading or whatever while I was nursing for those really long sessions and even though like to be I mean perfectly transparent I haven't needed to do long night nursing sessions for like <laughs> well over a year but you kind of get into that habit right of like okay this is where my phone goes and so it's like right next to my pillow and so then it's always the first thing that I unless I'm like getting out of bed to grab a kid right away like if I wake up before magically before a kid wakes up like that's the first thing that I grab I'm looking at that I'm often looking at it late at night later than I should be I don't have a bedside lamp so I don't have like a way to read a book without a light right now um unless I'm using my phone light for it which then it's kind of like awkward holding it anyway so I'm like, my space is just not optimized to remove that distraction, right? To remove that thing that is causing me, it's giving me leisure because like I enjoy, like I like catching up on Instagram because I'm one of the people, I actually, my Instagram, the people that I follow number is very small. So it's like, I actually, these are people that I care about or I'm interested in following. It's not like just like whoever, but it's still, you know, scrolling social media, kind of that visual stimulation it's leisure it's not restful usually um and so like i'll be doing that catching up at night or catching up on words with friends doing my wordle if i (laughs) forgot i either do wordle first thing in the morning or like really late at night i'm like oh crap i'm about to break my streak um (laughs) things like that where i'm like these are leisurely things but they aren't encouraging me to rest or go to bed earlier or get more meaningful rest or even like even when i'm reading books on my kindle app like it's just it's not quite the same as you know having a paper book Mm -hmm. and so i'm like my space is just not optimized for it and there's been a lot of research andy crouch talks about this actually in the in the good faith episode and he's talked about this a lot in his books about like how important it is to actually get your phones out of the bedroom and i'm like i'm such a millennial i don't think i can do that partially because (laughs) i keep my phone on vibrate so if i have like i'm always parent like no one ever calls me in the middle of the night and I have it set up so that only emergency calls could come through from like family members. But like on the off chance that that happens and I have my phone in another room, it's going to vibrate. I'm not going to wake up and hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, we don't have a house phone. So it's like those kind of things. I'm like, oh, that's why I can't justify having my phone outside my room. I'm like, okay, even if it's a valid reason, I don't have to have it literally next to my pillow. I could move it across the room and it would buzz and I would, you know, things like that where I'm like, okay, I just need to set up my space to better do that to set up for like those morning prayer sessions or however mm-hmm. for me it used to be journaling um mm-hmm. I haven't done that in <laughs> eons um but whatever kind of thing that you find restful either at morning or at night um there's like I I think there's such a I was thinking about this with the the intentionality aspect right like we have this model in the bible of god creating the world in 6 days and then resting on the seventh. Mm-hmm. And 
like he's God. He didn't need to rest. Like his, his form of rest is he's creating a model for us to rest, which is a whole other really interesting theological conversation, which we might get into a little bit, but it's like, he's just taking the time to enjoy his work, to enjoy the rest, to enjoy like what he's just finished doing to take pride in what he's done. And I think there's like, maybe not so much on the daily aspect of, of our rest life, because sometimes we just physically need the rest because we're not God and, and we need that physical rest. But there is also that sense of like, did I get to the end of the day and feel, do I just feel like I have 18 things left on my to-do list and I can't rest until they're all done? Because there's always more laundry to wash and fold. Ugh, laundry. There's always another dish to clean. There's always another toy to put away or reorganize. Like, especially parents can always figure out like what are there, there's always something else that can be done right and so you can always have this sense of like i'm perpetually behind and uh never going to get caught up and i feel this a lot because i'm a freelance i'm i'm also work some and i work primarily when my kids are resting so nights and weekends because that's when I can get away. And so then like my nights aren't very restful for a while because I'm doing other work. Weekends are kind of structured around finding time to do some freelance work. And I enjoy the work I do. I find it productive and helpful for the most part. And it's obviously also helpful to have like the nice income and stuff. But yeah, it doesn't prove conducive to creating times and periods of rest. And it doesn't help the whole, the drive of, I always feel like I have something else to do, right? Because there is always something else to do. And so that's where I think, I think for me, especially when you start, when we get into the, the topic of the weekly rest, the Sabbath, whatever Sabbath looks like these days, which is, um, I think an interesting discussion to get into, but like, I find to me, the weekly is the hardest. I say that not really doing much well on the daily right now, but like, I feel like the weekly is the hardest mm -hmm. because in part, because at least for me, there's that freelance work aspect of where I work more on the weekends because Josh is not working and so he can watch the kids more so then i'm like you know there's as a parent you're always on but there's like that extra kind of sense of onness mm -hmm. um and so it's like how do i create weekly rest mm -hmm. and why do we need we re weekly rest so i'm curious because i megan you work in church ministry and if <laughs> ironically enough like Anyone who works in church ministry knows there is that no rest in their, their Sabbath, their Sabbath is not on Sunday and it's probably no. not on Saturday because that's <laughs> when they're working the most. So I'm curious what you guys do as a family too, because like you probably have something similar where you, I mean, you work some during the week, but you're working a lot on weekends, especially on Sundays and Josh works a normal Monday to Friday job. So how do you guys balance mm -hmm. that kind of weekly finding weekly rest or what do you do that, that you find is restful for your family? Um, well, we don't do it as well as I would like. Um, <laughs> do as we say, not as we do, people. <laughs> um, so we, the plan is that we do our chore day. Like we get our things done on Saturday. We get ourselves organized. We, if we have plans with people, you know, we go hang out with friends or do whatever. Um, we'll tackle a project if we need to on Saturday. So then Sunday, I mean, the mornings are, you know, church, um, but, the, but then the afternoons are free and we can come home to a, in theory, clean house. Cleaner than um, usual. When I have already meal prepped and grocery shopped and I'm all set for the week, 
and I'm all good to go. And, you know, that's the plan. And then we can spend Sunday afternoon as a family, you know, playing board games and um, reading stories and, you know, doing things like that. Occasionally the uh, Mario Kart uh, challenge with mm-hmm. my kids. Um, but in reality, when, <laughs> so that, that's the plan. Um, and then in reality, things happen. Things get busy. You go through busy seasons. But then we find Josh actually just asked me the other day. He's like, so we keep saying once this busy season is over, but then we go into another busy season and then we go into another, bu-, you know. And so he and I have actually had several conversations recently about being more intentional. We are intentional with our budget, with our money. Like you, you have to be very intentional if there are things that you you want to do and you know you have categories and budgets and you have this much income and this is where you want it to go and blah blah you have to plan for that you have to be disciplined with that and so we've come to the realization that we're like we're we are great with planning our budget we are terrible with planning our time because we both have a heart for for others and when someone is like oh you know I miss you guys let's hang out of course we want to see them and so we do and then that turns into that and then we have another weekend another weekend and we do this or that or the other there's you know a children's ministry activity or this or that they're all wonderful things and they're all great things and Josh and I don't feel like we are overwhelmed with commitments because they're all heart rejuvenating but they're they're leisure they're not they're not restful Mm -hmm. I mean sometimes you know when we hang out with like our dear friends and whatnot that's that's soul rejuvenating Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. and whatnot but as a family we do need to carve out more time to just be intentional and so Josh and I are like the weekends are just not going to happen right now in this season you know we have so much that we want to do people we want to see who are not available during the week you know So we've decided to try something new and we are going to carve out the two hours between dinner and time to prep for bed. And those two hours, we are going to put aside our to-do list. We're going to put aside, you know, screens and and we're going to spend those, that time with our kids. We're going to spend time together. Um, We do our Bible reading challenge for children's ministry. We do that during dinner. Um, While the kids are eating, um, Josh and I will you know, go through the challenge with them, um, do our Bible reading and, and whatnot. And then after that, we'll pick a game to play or we'll pick a topic to co- talk about. We will do a different, um, you know, they have this Lego set that they're building this ridiculously large castle that my father got the kids for Christmas. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll do some of that together, just these quieter things together. And we find when we take that time out, we find that that's more restful than trying to not see people we care about on the weekend or not do, you know, this ministry or be part of this. We find that that is, is more restricting. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, we're still trying to keep Sunday afternoons as free as possible to try to, for the sake of, you know, the Sabbath. Like mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. says, you need that day. And so we are trying very hard to mm-hmm. to do that. But we are also trying to be realistic with where we are mm-hmm. and trying to find times to, to just be still, mm-hmm. to just be quiet. Um, my, my word for the year, I think I may have said this in a previous podcast, is still. 
And, and for people who know me, everybody, when I said that, started laughing. They're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Um, but then my husband decided to pray for a word. And guess what? He also got still. So mm -hmm. I think God was trying to tell us something. So we've been trying to work on just having more still moments where we just mm -hmm. stop and take in the blessings. Our children are a blessing even though they can drive us up the wall, they are a wonderful blessing and we love them and they're not going to be little forever. And so we're trying to just stop and find rest in that. We're trying to stop and we are making a point to pray together as a couple every day. Um, that's why I don't open my eyes until I'm done praying because as soon as I open my eyes, Josh is like, all right, it's time to pray. Um, like he'll be working and then he'll watch me and as soon as he sees that I'm awake, he'll come over to pray, which is great, but I, I like to have my my quiet time first. Um, and so just, just moments like mm -hmm. that on a weekly basis mm -hmm. that we're trying to do um, when, when that weekend situation that we should have, again, do as we say, not as we do, we should have more of that carved out on the weekend when we don't. Mm -hmm. We try to be more intentional about making that up mm -hmm. during the weekdays. Um, and we are, we are definitely blessed. I definitely know that we are blessed that Josh works from home. So he doesn't have that commute time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when he's done with work, he's done with work. And it's family time. Same. So yeah. like he walks downstairs. That's his commute. Um, yeah. And so we that, that gives us that extra time in the evenings to be able to have that more quiet, restful time. So that's just kind of where we're at in this season right now yeah. on a weekly basis is we try to keep that Sunday rest by getting everything done on Saturday, but that's just not, that's just not realistic for us right now. We, we know it should be, but yeah, I think flexibility is the key here because like, there's a sense like, you know, especially if, like there's a, there's a certain expectation that, okay, this is, you know, we, we only rest on this day of the week. Cause this is like, you know, the historical mm -hmm. observation of Sunday and it, it's important to do that but I think one of the challenges well we kind of face a challenge on two fronts right like one is the external cultural expectations are very different than they were even 15 20 years ago like I remember all sorts of places being closed on Sunday growing up like it was kind of like just a cultural norm for those mm -hmm. kind of blue what do they call them blue dot anyway where, where like Sun, like businesses were closed on Sunday and that was kind of the normal expectation and so kind of everyone rested and now like hardly anything except infamously Chick-fil-A and like mm -hmm. you know you know some different like banks and stuff but like there's not a whole lot of businesses that are closed on Sunday mm -hmm. so you know if you are someone who works in the hospitality industries like at a hotel or a restaurant like you might have to work on Sunday and that's like it's hard to kind of stick to that one, like, I must do this on Sunday, but you can do it. And if, if that's how you do it, then you should. Josh and I, early in our marriage, well, right after we got married, we moved across the country and both started grad school. I was online and he was in person. And I still, like, we were living in Colorado and I still worked in D.C., I did, I did remote work before it was cool um, <laughs> and would commute once a month or so by plane to DC for like in-person meetings for a week or so and then fly back home. And then 
the first year especially was hard because I was working full-time and trying to do grad school full-time seminarian. <laughs> Let me tell you, that did not work very well. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it was doable only because I was working on East Coast time in the mountain time zone. So my day started at 6 a.m. and then I could have like the afternoon to kind of decompress from work a little bit and then do schoolwork in the evenings but that didn't leave a whole lot of time for like you know marriage stuff but Josh was also doing full-time grad school so it's like we were kind of that was our marriage was like commiserating and working on papers in the living room together but we early on made the decision that we were going to pick a day like either it was we're going to do a sundown to sundown because a lot of times we would do you know schoolwork at night Mm -hmm. but we were like okay so one day a week um usually most of the time it was from sundown Saturday to sundown Sunday, we would not do schoolwork. And like there would be special exceptions to the rule, whether it was a finals week or there was a group project that the group wanted to meet during that kind of time frame. Mm-hmm. But that was like our, we're not doing grad schoolwork at this time. I think for a little while we ended up also having it, shifting it from like no, from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday because I was like flying more on doing other stuff on Sundays more but um you know we had that as kind of like this is our way of trying to honor that and have that time to 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 take the Sabbath rest to also make sure we had time for ourselves um and our young marriage and like to have that kind of like just restful time um and then and then COVID hit well first we moved back across the country had a baby and then COVID hit mm-hmm. and then it was like, Oh, we're just, you know, gonna, um, be here all the time. And so then the, the, ba- some of those boundaries kind of started becoming blurrier. And I think this is where we kind of have that internal expectation, right? Like now you, you really get into the, there's so many things that need to be done, whether it's work that we take home with us now and it's always there, always on emails or dinging, whether it's the, you know, pile of dishes, pile of laundry, things that need cleaning, the garbage can that's overflowing, uh, things like that in the house that need to be taken care of, or um, especially for those of you with like older kids who are getting more in activities, it's like we got to do all this and we got to run the kids to practice for this sport and that sport and they got to do their homework and they got to do these things and it's just so easy to fill like have everyone be on such schedules that you literally can't find the time. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, that neither of us are at a stage where we can kind of comment on it specifically when it comes to like how our kids schedules impact the, the broader family schedule. Right. Because we don't mm-hmm. have kids on like swim teams or soccer leagues mm-hmm. yet. We don't have to deal with like trying to juggle three different schedules mm-hmm. and so maybe someday we'll have a guest where we can talk more about this, but I'm curious, I know you're, you've done more thinking on this, Megan, like when that, with that, the attitude of flexibility that you've just been kind of talking about in your life, like how are you, or are you slash, how are you talking about it with your kids in a way that like when those big decisions come up, right? When, when you have one kid that wants to do one activity and another kid Mm -hmm. that wants to do another activity and you're starting to realize like if our family is going to be sane and have, you know, time together, Mm -hmm. something's going to have to give, like, how do you try and cultivate that? Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, again, culturally 
there's kind of an expectation like you're failing as a parent if you're not letting them do all the activities they want, especially if you have these aspirations of not even like professional teams, but like, well, if they can at least get into the college swim team, then they get the scholarship mm-hmm. money and they can pay mm-hmm. for college, you know, things like that, where it's like, or they can be really good in their travel league, but they need to have all these extra practices or they really mm-hmm. need to do well on their schoolwork, but they need to do all this extra homework. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do how do we as especially as christians where we have this model and this this call Mm -hmm. of sabbath and rest and the the image of christ like constantly you know falling back and doing times of retreat and prayer Mm -hmm. um you know secluding himself on mountainsides to pray kind of you know imagery and encouraging his disciples to do the same taking him with them with him to do that like how do we try and push back against some of those cultural expectations or norms in a way that is ultimately <laughs> edifying, I guess, or at least mm-hmm. constructive for our family in a way that like our kids can start understanding, like what, what's some of the groundwork we can start laying for our kids? Yeah. Um, so this is definitely conversations that Josh and I and Josh and I have had with each other, but also with the kids. Um, because I've definitely been hit very hard with the mom guilt at times because my kid is not in soccer and baseball and swim and, you know, doing all of these things. Um, I'm like, should, should, should he, should he be doing more? Like all of my friends are never home because they're doing this and that and the other. I'm like, oh my gosh, Roy, you know, Roy's going to be behind. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to get all the experiences. He's not going to, you know, and I, I would, you know, I really pushed him to do soccer a couple of years ago because I'm like, every kid does soccer. Like, it's it's life. <laughs> um, it, you have to do a sport. Um, and, I mean, I'm glad he did it. He ended up enjoying it to an extent. But, I mean, it wasn't his favorite thing in the world. Um, but, you know, he, he had fun talking his coach's ear off instead of actually playing the game. He would follow his coach around the Shock. field um, at six years old and basically just talk his – Poor coach's ear off who had the patience of a saint he would just be like Rory that is super interesting balls over there buddy you know and so you know soccer and Rory you know weren't necessarily god bless all those five-year-old <laughs> soccer coaches man that's a special kind mm-hmm. of patience right there and then we had Killian and the little like preschool league at the time and it was a good day when he would actually stop crying long enough to participate. I don't want to play soccer. I don't want to. You know. So Eowyn, who was too little for the league at the time, was like, I do it. I play. I do it. And so then she's crying because she can't play. And Killian's crying because he has to play. And Rory just won't stop talking to his coach. So I'm looking at Josh and I'm like, what is wrong with me and my children? Like, what is going on? Um, and so we sat down with, with the kids, Rory in particular, after that season. And we're like, do you want to play again? Did you enjoy it enough that you want to play it again? And he said, yeah, I think I will. I want to see my friends again. So we signed him up for spring soccer. Killian was a hard no. No, I don't want to play again. No, 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 no. So we're like, okay, bud, you're four. You don't have to play. It's okay. So where he plays, it's another season of him, you know, kicking the ball on occasion, but mostly talking his coach's ear off. And he ended up getting placed with the same coach again. <laughs> so that man, oh, oh, coach, my heart went out to you. Um, but um, so we did that. And after that, it was summer, and we were just going to kind of take it easy. 
And so when fall was coming around, Rory, do you want to play soccer again? Um, you're, you're moving up leagues, so you would have practice two nights a week instead of one night a week and then a game on Saturday. And he, and he thought about it, and he goes, you know what, Mom? I don't think I do. I don't, I don't think that that's how I want to I wanna spend my time. Um, or do I have other options? And so he's been interested in swimming. And, um, again, another blessing for us is with homeschooling is we can do homeschool classes during the day so it doesn't mm-hmm. eat into our evenings. And they have homeschool swim lessons um, and swim classes. He's like, I think I want to do that. I think I want to do that this spring instead of doing soccer. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, you're still getting exercise and you're still socializing with other kids. So we signed him and Killian up for that. And um, Awen came along. So Josh and I, again, going back to that money example, you have a finite amount of money. You have a finite amount of time. So Josh and I have taken time to dream about, dream and talk out loud and vision Uh, my boss, Michael Ute, who's the director of children's ministry, um, calls it vision casting Mm -hmm. um, for our ministry every year. And so Josh and I had a a conversation where we were vision casting for our family. What do we want our children to have this time next year? What do we want to see cultivated in them? And we listed it. We want them to have a heart for God. We want them to want to serve others. And then we want them, you know, to, of course, be healthy and, and have friends and be, you know, socially aware and growing and whatnot. And we're like, okay, what is going to help us reach those goals? Mm-hmm. You know, is putting him, there's a reason why, as much as I think my kids might like baseball, um, I haven't pushed, I've offered it, but I haven't really pushed it because I know that that one, there's a lot of practices and there's a lot of games and it's very time consuming. And so I'm like, is that something that will help us as a family reach those goals that we have for the kids? Is it something that they're interested enough in that we're willing to sacrifice that much time, Mm -hmm. you know, as a family or doing other things? Um, Is that something we're willing to do? And the answer keeps coming up, no. And so we keep going back to um, what what is our end game? What is our goal with this? What do we want to accomplish with this? And we just have to, like with our budget... What do we want with our money? Like, what are our goals? Mm-hmm. What are our goals, mm-hmm. you know, with our with our money? How much do we want to give away? How much do we want to, you know, be able to do this or that? Um, we've started doing that with our time. We've created time budgets and because there's only so many times in a day. And the, the phrase is the days, the years are, the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. You know, they grow up so fast. My kids just turned four. Killian will be six next month. And Rory just turned eight. And it was like yesterday when they were one, three, and five. Like, it it goes by so fast. And Josh and I are like, we don't want to look back and wish that we had spent more time mm-hmm. as a family. Wish we had done this instead of just pushing them to do this next thing and the next thing and the next thing mm-hmm. and always having to be busy. Now, there are families that thrive with that. They thrive with that challenge. They're very athletically inclined. And that for them is very rejuvenating and very Mm -hmm. that's good quality family time because that's something but for our family it's not something that brought us peace or joy or closeness it Mm -hmm. brought stress and frustration and you know because oh we gotta get you to practice we get I guess I'll go to practice like if it's not something they're really enjoying I don't want to do it just because the Joneses are doing it I don't want to do it because I feel like somehow my child is going to be incomplete if he doesn't turn into a soccer star. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just not Rory's 
thing. And now he say he says he wants to try soccer again in the fall, and that's great. And we're gonna let him do it. But it's something that I want the way he spends his time to be God honoring and to be something that brings him peace and brings him closer to his goals. And he, um, you know, he he's very self aware. He knows what he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. We do have him try new things. Um, we have him try, like we took him to the ninja gym um, and let them try climbing around. Killian is a climber. That mm. child will scale anything. Rory, not so much. That's not his thing. So that that's going to be Killian's thing. Eowyn wants to do gymnastics. And mm-hmm. so we are looking at our schedule and we're like, okay, how much time do we have? You know, and it could come down to Eowyn does something in the spring. Killy does some, Killian and Rory do something else in the fall. You know, if we feel like having all three of them do an activity all at once is going to basically dissolve our time and and dissolve our peace and dissolve kind of our family structure, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, and my kids are cool with that. They're very, okay, yeah, you know. And the boys, they went with Awen to gymnastics class. They, she had a little gymnastics class. And the boys would come. And they would watch her. And they would cheer her on. We would go as a family and cheer her on. And that was our activity that, that season. And then in the fall, Awen and um, Killian came. And we watched Rory. And we cheered Rory on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got mm-hmm. to do that as a family. And I'm not saying we have to do everything as a family. My kids have their own, you know, things. Rory's going to Century Kid this year on his own with me. But... He's going to be, you know, doing his own thing without his siblings, and that's wonderful, and we're happy for that. But when we can have that family time, we try to, mm-hmm. we try to do it because we find that that brings us that peace because we're using our time mm-hmm. effectively, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, and that gets to, like you were kind of hinting at too, of like some families really thrive in that or really enjoy that. Like mm-hmm. my Josh is like the most extroverted of extroverts. Mm-hmm. I am – like on the scale, I'm like a, I'm an introverted extrovert in that I, I like to be with other people, but it's like small crowds. I'd rather mm-hmm. be with like two or three people for a long amount of time than like a huge crowd of people for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like Josh just thrives on, I mean, he really needs to have the close conver- like friendships and conversations, but like he thrives in just like talking with whatever dad is at the playground. Like that's mm-hmm. like, he is just an outgoing social guy. And so like, I could totally see it. We're not quite at this stage yet, but like my sister and brother-in-law just got their two oldest kids started in like a little, you know, swim summer swim league. And my brother-in-law was just talking today about how much he really enjoyed going and watching for various reasons and stuff. But I'm like, I could totally see uh, my Josh also enjoying it. If only because he'll get a chance to talk to other parents who are sitting in the stands mm-hmm. or things like that. Where I might not, I might be like, oh, well, you can handle as, I mean, as long as work schedules and commute schedules work out that way of like, you could handle doing that. And like, not necessarily having the whole family go, although I like the idea of like, especially in the younger years of like, go cheer him on and go see him, see what, mm-hmm. you, if you want to do it with him, or if that's a different mm-hmm. activity that you want to do. Josh's family, most of them did swimming. They all learned to swim and did swim team, at least for a short amount of time. But some of, some of their kids learned that they also later in life but that they really like climbing as well so they go to the climbing gym a lot for their kind of physical activity and and all that kind of stuff um and 
So you, you do over time, you can find your kids have different interests and then maybe the best quality time is that you have some of that time spent apart but then you find intentional ways to bring everyone together again and that's where I think yearly trips can also or whatever yearly practices can be really helpful for that because it's kind of like I mean any parent knows especially for the young kids it's like it's not really a family vacation in the sense of like you are feeling relaxed and uh rested and re-energized in the sense of like physically because usually you come back from your trip and you're just like I need a vacation for my vacation because it was just like so there were so many things and we're so tired but at the same time at least for a good vacation or a good tr family trip you kind of come back and you're like I feel closer I feel more connected I feel like I've had a chance to enjoy and make some core memories with my family in a way that we don't do normally around here and you get that kind of intentional time. And I think that that's kind of the, can be helpful, especially when you're in seasons where um, you have crazy schedules that you might not see each other as much or family dinners start to become harder and harder to come by. Like I know growing up, especially when I was in middle school and high school, like we didn't even, our family didn't even really do sports, but between having my dad and my brother out on the farm all the time, especially in the mm -hmm. summer, they'd be out, you know, till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, I was, I had an after school job. Um, we all had after school jobs when we were old enough and able to drive and we had middle school sports and stuff for a while. So like there'd be a lot of times where we'd hardly see each other during weeknights as much. We usually try to have like one night a week where the schedules aligned, but that, that was one of the reasons why Sunday dinner, well, Sunday lunch, um, became so important because that was time like, in a small farm community where everyone goes to church, like you don't work too much on Sundays when you're a farmer, like short of like calving season where you have to go check on your cows to make sure, you know, no one's freezing to death in the cold kind of a thing. <laughs> but like Sunday dinner, we had that family time that was like, you go to church, you have your big dinner and then do whatever in the afternoon. Sometimes it's naps, sometimes it's other activities. And that was like very intentional family time. And it, that might've been the only like, Usually it wasn't the only family time, but at times that could be potentially the only family time where we had more than half an hour together mm -hmm. um, all at once. And But you start kind of doing that more intentionally and planning for it and having conversations, and that just makes it more meaningful right. in that sense. Yeah, and whatever brings your family that peace, that rest, that, you know, whatever whatever works it's it's something that all parents have to realize that you don't do it just because somebody else is doing it just mm -hmm. because that's what the culture is doing that's just because you know if your kids thrive in baseball they're making friends they're being a light in the world that's a wonderful activity for them in my family that was not the case it was miserable it was not not something that was uplifting um and as, as parents, as moms, I think it's so important for us to find time. Like it's great, we, we carve out times to make sure our children rest, they get that rest mm -hmm. time. You know, mm -hmm. we have time, we try to carve out time to have with our spouse. But um, we need to make sure that we are carving out time for ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was recently at a conference and there was a speaker who said that she does quarterly retreats where, you know, she will go once a quarter, she will go away for the day 
and she'll like make arrangements with her husband or with you know a grandparent or a friend or whatever to watch the kids but she will go away for a day she will you know drive to the shore or drive to um uh overlook you know just a nice beautiful place she'll she'll journal she'll have a devotional time and then she'll go find a cute cafe or a delicious place to have lunch and she'll sit and she'll eat and she'll bring up her computer and she'll just plan and organize and and you know kind of vision you know vision casting I guess that's not the word she used but um, kind of getting herself together for that next stretch you know putting out her goals for herself her goals for her family you know, her goals, like, with, with ministry and all these things. And she's like, that time we put on the calendar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have that retreat. And she's like, and then once a year I do an overnight where I go away. And I think her kids are a little older because I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that right now. Um, but I think her kids are a little older. But she's like, I will go away on an overnight and I will just have that time to just be me, mm-hmm. to just not be mom you know, to just that is my I honestly mm-hmm. I told Josh, I was like, that is my dream. Like, because he's had several mm-hmm. weekends recently where he's got to go. He went to his, you know, 10 year college reunion and stuff and caught up with friends. And that's like what he wants mm-hmm. to do. And I we debated going as a that was one of those moments where we're like, do we go as a whole family and make it a memory experience? I'm like, what do you really want out of the event? It's like, I'd really like to see my friends. I'm like, OK, you're go- I'm going to have more fun like it will be easier for me to deal with the kids in their own beds versus like in a stranger beds and you know like all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff of like if my focus is to help you have more time with your friends which I love his friends and I would have greatly enjoyed seeing them as well but I'm like if the goal is for you to just have really good deep conversations quality time with your friends like I think we all agree that probably it'll be a little easier if you don't have to also worry about if your kids are waking up every two hours because they're sleeping in a strange bed in a strange house and so he went for the weekend by himself and I stayed here with the kids and that was great and we all had a good time but I I came out of the, being like I would love to have a good weekend away with his friends but like I really I'm like you know what my goal right now at this stage of life I want to embrace the introverted side of my introverted extrovertness and just like be in a hotel room for 24 hours where no one has to ask me questions about what's for dinner how can you wipe my butt can you (laughs) clean up this mess like like I yeah just like I'm the whole like I want to be me thing and like I say it's hard in this season when the kids are real little and they're very much in the mom stage I think we actually might be able to get away with it sometime later this summer maybe but Mm -hmm. but in any case it's like that is a goal for me and it doesn't have to happen all the time that's where it's like those kind of special yearly things Mm -hmm. so I like that where and again it gets into that idea of flexibility and seasons change and what you're going to do but also being intentional and basically like with so much in life really important to communicate what you need and how you're going to do that both for your individually and as a family um yeah. Jesus did it. Yeah. Jesus took time away and he and on a and regular here, basis. Exactly, but but here is the thing that um I want to add to what this speaker was saying is it's great to get away to have your personal retreat, to have your um you know, to have your time to to get yourself organized and to just rest and journal. But when Jesus went away, he also spent that time, you know, not reconnecting because he was never disconnecting, but connecting with the Father, Mm -hmm. getting his spirit settled and still and at rest and just having that quiet, purposeful prayer time in relationship. And I have found when I have made time, 
like when I wake up in the morning and I have that prayer time first thing, even when the day is difficult, I feel a lightness in my heart, a lightness mm-hmm. in my spirit. I find that I am losing my patience less. Mm-hmm. I find that I am looking at the positives more, that mm-hmm. I am more grateful and I am more apt to find the blessings rather than the difficulties and the challenges. And so with these retreats, and Josh and I have talked about it, and we definitely want to start putting these on the calendar, um, personal, like we're going to start with the quarterly day trip, like I'm just going to take a day, I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, I, I used to, when I was in between churches, when God was moving me from one church to another, and I didn't really know where I was going to land, I used to put a sermon on my iPod back in the day Um, and I would go on a hike I would just go hiking through the woods because I grew up in the woods I grew up in the mountains and I would just go for a hike and I would listen to the sermon I would listen to some worship music and I would just find a rock that was overlooking something beautiful and I would just sit and I would just be quiet before the Lord and Mm -hmm. I felt that was such a wonderful season for me because I felt so filled so restful so even though it was a time of a lot of change in my life I didn't feel chaotic inside Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel um, a lack of peace I felt very calm Mm -hmm. and so for us as moms um, and any dads who may be listening to this um, just parents in general it is so important for us to take that time as individuals as human beings for our own you know so that I can go and spend a day being Megan Mm -hmm. and not mommy 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 mama Mm -hmm. mama mama Mm -hmm. mommy um I can just be Megan and I can get my goals in order and I can organize things for my family but to also take part of that time to be a daughter of God to to get my heart focused and to spend that time with with God and to get my spirit that's where I find the most rest mm-hmm. not at night when I sleep or don't mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. when I'm looking at my phone or reading a book or watching a movie and having like physical rest not even when like I I mean one of the most uplifting things for me is to just sit and talk with a good friend I love to just sit and feed them of course um, I love when people come to my house and they just sit and talk to me and I can listen to their story while I feed mm-hmm. them. That's the, the, my mom and me coming mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. My mother was like that. Um, so that's all like rejuvenates my heart and, you know, makes me happy and joyful. But having that time with God, that uninterrupted, raw, and it's not always like, oh God, you're so wonderful. I mean, sometimes it's like, so I am so stressed out right now, God. Like, you had me do this and this and I've been asking you for this and it's just not happening and I'm really frustrated. And like having these conversations where I am very real and very raw, but I come out of it with the, I'm here, trust Mm -hmm. me, Mm -hmm. I've got you. And you always feel better. Like when I would do that with my mom, I would go, I would vent, I would just blah, 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 blah. And she would just very lovingly, kindly talk me through it, help me through it, that even if my problem wasn't solved at the end of the conversation, I felt great, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And having that time with God, that is where we find true rest, even mm-hmm. in the middle of chaos. Mm-hmm. That right there is where we find true rest. And so for you, dear listeners, whoever you are, all six of you, um, I want to just encourage you guys to 
budget your time like you would your money, vision cast for your family. What is the most important thing to you? Where do you see God leading your family? And so use your time to help get there. Mm -hmm. And then take personal, individual time to rejuvenate yourself as a person, but also as a child of God. Mm -hmm. That right there is where we are going to find true rest, true peace. Yes. Um, I didn't mean for that to come off sounding like a sermon. but um, Preach it, though. I was actually <laughs> saying, like, a, a final thought for... I'm actually really excited about this, but our small group that Megan and I are in together, we're, we're going to start, we'll see if we get all the way through because it would be a really long thing, but we are about to embark on basically the goal of reading one Psalm a day. And then our small group sessions will be kind of talking about said Psalms and stuff. And it's kind of nice because one Psalm a day is actually, other than a, a few very, very notable exceptions, they're pretty short and you can easily read them in five to 10 minutes and then just kind of even read them a couple times if you want or find mute. Like if you're someone who needs more than just reading on a page, you could more often than not find musical arrangements of these Psalms, like find different ways to engage the scripture, read a few different versions of it um, and do it. And I feel like the Psalms are really accessible because like you said, Megan, like those conversations, they're, they're a good model if you don't know where to start on having conversations with God and even if you do have conversations with God and you're just kind of like stuck, like they're such a good model because they run the gamut of like joyful praise, really, really frustrated, like whoa, <laughs> deep despair and real like anger against God. And yet, like so many of them, you, you have it where it starts like in deep distress and then ends with like a vision of hope. And there, it's just such a good model of like an example of that kind of cathartic venting that you um, that you kind of talk about um and even like to get a seminary word in here the imprecatory psalms where it's like david or whoever the psalmist is is like destroy my enemies and da 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 and sometimes they're a little bit when you read them you're like why is this here this doesn't seem very nice this isn't how i want my kids to encourage like i just had this long conversation with nora about like how we need to be really thoughtful and intent, uh, meaningful when we use the word hate because it has such, like, we don't want to hate anybody. That's not very kind. That's not, like, how we treat people, you know. It's like, here in these imprecatory psalms are, like, destroy my enemies and da-da-da-da-da. And they don't always end on a hopeful note. It's like, I'm just so mad. But it's, like, it is kind of encouraging to be like, okay, like, David is a man after God's own heart and we know he's not perfect. We have a lot of scriptural stories to prove that. But it's also, like, this is a raw, like the biblical authors and compilers for the Psalms and stuff. Like they're like, this is worth saving. This is worth reflecting on. This is worth singing about in it's various real. services because it is, it's real, it's human, it's emotional. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus quotes a lot of the Psalms, the, mm -hmm. especially like, I mean, infamously he quotes, now I'm blanking, is it Psalm 24, where it starts with my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which Oh, that psalm more than I think that's probably one of my favorites because it starts off with that, but then it ends with future generations will declare that he has done it. Like mm -hmm. just the the imagery of that of Jesus quoting that psalm on the cross because anyone who heard it and knew their psalms would know that whole psalm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, not not gonna make it a seminary class. Not gonna make it a seminary <laughs> class. Um, but yeah, just finding something like that where it's like or like the Acts challenge because it's you know Acts is twenty eight chapters long so you can do it in a month mm -hmm. and change um like finding little things like that where you feel like i don't even know where to start with rebuilding relationship with god or finding time with god or 
I fall asleep when I try to pray with God, which guilty, um, <laughs> you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, let's just start with a little basic reading where it's, you can read it. You could listen to it on, you know, the, the Bible, the U version app has auto audio versions. If you're like me and kind of like to listen to things while you're getting ready. Um, and it's kind of nice because you're like, I literally have the five minutes after my shower, not even that sometimes <laughs> of getting out and getting ready. I'm like, okay, what can I listen to in five minutes? Oh, I could do a chapter of Psalms. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I think that's where I think for me at coming out of this conversation, a, I really should pursue, make sure I, that Josh and I pursue that kind of either at least a day away, if not a night away for me sometime in the near future. Cause mm-hmm. that sounds like just so something very soul refreshing for me, but also like, yeah, those daily things of like moving my phone away from my bed and getting back into the habit. Cause I will say with, with this recent Zelda addiction, <laughs> my evening prayer reading time has like gone off a cliff and I need to get that back. Cause I've definitely noticed it in my life. So all that is to say, like finding those little things, like it's the small changes that, that mm-hmm. make a difference. And I think especially we're entering a season of summer or we've entered a season of summer already. By the time this comes out, it will officially be summer. Um, where it's on the one hand, you're like, Oh, summer break, summer vacation. And at the same time, you're like, this feels way busier than anything in life ever should be. And so it can be kind of hard in the middle of busy seasons like that to be like, I'm going to create time for myself. Can you already have committed to things like summer leagues or trips or jobs or things? Mm -hmm. But that's where it's like, okay, find the five minutes you can do daily. If you haven't taken the practice of like trying to do a weekly break, like even five to 12 hours, like take a day, take an evening, Things like that, like small things do really make a big difference in the long run, speaking from experience. And I'm preaching to myself because I have to remember that these things are true and that I need to do them again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even as short as walking into your closet and shutting the door and putting on some quiet music and just asking God to just talk to you. There was a time where I was doing in my showers that I would just pray the Lord's prayer. Cause I was like, I don't even, cause it's usually a shower in the morning. So I'm like not even fully awake yet. I don't drink coffee, which these days is kind of unfortunate sometimes, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not fully awake yet. I'm like, I, I don't even, it's kind of the classic example. Like I'm not even know what to pray at this time, but I can recite the Lord's prayer from memory pretty well. So let's just do that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done that in a while. I should pick that up again. Cause it like, even just like little things like that, where you're like, I literally, I'm not changing my schedule in the sense of like, I'm not changing the fact that I'm taking a shower. But I'm thinking about change about what I'm thinking about in the shower, in the that, you know, those moments where it's like this is this is one of the only times that my kids know to not come in the shower while I'm in the shower. You know, like mm-hmm. the bathroom door is closed. They cannot come in. And so it's like, OK, I will take advantage of this moment because that is parenting life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the moments you steal away. And those are the moments that God meets you. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be in a tabernacle with very fancy words. It can be in the shower or it can be in your closet. It can be, you know, wherever you find time to just steal away. Be intentional. Mm-hmm. The intentionality is yeah. the thing. God will meet you. So, All right. Well, that went a little, honestly, a little longer than I was expecting. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like this is a hot topic in the sense of, like, we all know we need more rest and time. And yet we all... Mm-hmm struggle with figuring out how to make it me first and foremost chief Mm -hmm. among sinners as it were 
Um, but hopefully we can figure it all out together. So if you have really, I would love, if you have some interesting ideas that you want to share, if you have feedback, feel free to email us at faithlikeachildpod, P-O-D at gmail.com. I would love to hear what your ideas are, especially if you're a family like mine where you have a very extroverted person. And it, honestly, at this rate that we're going, I have a very extroverted older child and a someone who's more like me and the introverted extroverted types that likes to be around likes to watch people but doesn't necessarily interact so especially if you have ideas for (laughs) mixed introvert extrovert families on how to find good refreshing time together in ways that we all enjoy we have plenty of fun like i'm not to be clear like we figure it out but i'm always always up for new ideas Mm -hmm. email us (laughs) email us at faithlikeachildpod at gmail.com if you liked this episode please share it with your friends uh leave a review on apple uh, podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if you think about it and otherwise uh hit subscribe if you haven't yet we're gonna be back i i don't i I should i I almost hesitate (laughs) to make this promise but we are going to be back where our plan is to be back on a regular every other wednesday schedule like we were before uh summer i don't have any more wisdom teeth to pull so that's I true okay. you do have you do have vacation bible school the kids camp this week so i do that's why we're doing it now yes that's why we're doing it now um but yes the plan is to resume normally so hit subscribe so you get the notifications every other wednesday mm-hmm. and otherwise we'll talk to you again later bye bye